Welcome to Capital Edge Church. We have a fantastic message for you that we hope challenges, inspires, and moves your heart for Christ. Let's get into it. I remember when I landed in Australia to call Australia home, I started work within months at one of the freight companies at the Canberra airport. And one day a customer walked in and he was clearly frustrated because he has uh, not received his freight, which was meant to be delivered to him. And um, so he came in. So I calmly talked to this gentleman and um, I tried to find a little bit about this freight, where it was coming from, what was the tracking number. And after putting all this in the system, uh, we figured out that it was stuck at one of the transit ports. And so we managed to uh, get it on the next available flight. And uh, you know I was able to get uh, give this customer the estimated time of arrival uh, of this freight. And there was something else that was happening uh, during that time is that I was being trained. And so there was a tinted glass uh, petition that separated our admin area from the customer service area. And there was a couple of supervisors who were keeping an eye out on me, just watching how I was performing. So after appreciating all my efforts for finding this freight, this gentleman, this customer, he said something that I thought was somewhat odd to hear. And this is what he said. He said, you're cooking with gas. And because he was a customer, I felt obliged to answer him. And I told him straight up that the apartment that we were staying then, uh, which was in Queenbian, it had a electric gas, uh, sorry, an electric cooktop. And I grew up, uh, you know, cooking food on, on open flame. And uh, to answer your question, sir, yes, I have now recently bought a gas uh, burner, a gas stove, and it is working perfectly fine. So answer your question, yes, we are cooking with gas. I don't remember what uh, our conversation was with uh, afterwards with this, with this customer, but I do remember that there was a, a thumb behind me because my supervisors were were lying flat on the floors in, in hysteria. You know, they were, they were having a laugh because of my response to which was just an Aussie slang of saying that I was making progress. I was doing something very well. Are you cooking with gas? Throughout scripture, we will find that Jesus in different settings would use names and, and metaphors that pointed to different important roles that he would fulfill to, for people. And every picture that he painted about himself had special significance. Some of these would link back to the Old Testament uh, promises of the, of the coming Messiah. So for the rest of this month, we will be looking at the theme that we are calling Jesus' picture book. What this means is that we will be looking at some of the pictures of Jesus that um, uh, are used in the scripture with uh, these metaphors that are used in scripture to describe Jesus. And then we will be looking at the, the, the significance of these pictures and, and to see what God is uh, speaking to us through these. And what is he trying to communicate to us? So this morning, the picture that I have uh, chosen to, to look at is uh, one that is very talked about. And one of my favorites is the good shepherd, Jesus as the good shepherd. In John chapter 10, verse 14 and 15, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me just as my father knows me and I know the father. 
so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I don't think that there are many of you listening to this, this message who are completely unaware of what this verse means. So when Jesus starts to point to himself as the, the good shepherd, just to give you a little bit of a background here, the people listening to him knew the language that Jesus was using. But they were a little bit confused about the message. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. The Bible says in John 10 verse 6. Like in my case, when I heard the statement, are you cooking with guests? I understood the language perfectly fine, but I didn't know that there was a special message behind that statement. This language about shepherd, the flock, the sheep, these have been part of this people that Jesus would, was speaking to. It had been part of their lifestyles from, from generation. The, the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they were shepherds. Moses, whom God chose to lead these, these people out of Egypt, he was a shepherd. King David was a shepherd. We need to understand that when Jesus speaks, it comes with its meaning and depth. And one of the things that he was pointing out to the people was that those that, that, they, that they were leading at that time, whom the people saw as, they, as their leaders, the people that they were leading, uh, these, these, uh, the, the Jews at that time, that they were leading them astray. These leaders, these priests that were called as their shepherds, according to their culture and, and their history, they were leading them astray. And Jesus here is saying, hey, guess what? I am the good shepherd. I am whom the Father has appointed. And unlike others, I am not here to lead you astray. I am here to shepherd you to eternal life. And in the depth of this message embedded was the good news. And this, you and I, we know very well. This good news, which was not just for the Jews, but it was for the rest of the world. The good shepherd will lay down his life so that many could be saved. So here's this beautiful picture of the good shepherd. And you and I, we can, we can take hold of this picture, this, this good shepherd picture that we have in our hearts and our minds. And the amazing thing is that you and I, we can see ourselves in this picture with him, with the good shepherd, because he said this, he said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. So I sure hope that you are in this amazing picture with the good shepherd. I think many of us can agree uh, that when we go through a, uh, a photo album, for instance, uh, or People use the, the device, the gallery that we have on our phones or our devices. When we go through uh, a bunch of photos, and if you're looking at a photos, a group photo, the first thing that we will be looking at in the group photo is where am I in this photo? What am I doing? How am I posing? What am I wearing? Why was I wearing that when I took this photo? And I guess there's many, many other great features about that photo, that, the photograph that you will be uh, focused on and looking at. And as I mentioned, we are looking through the, the Jesus picture book this month. And so what we will be doing now, 
similar to what we do with our photos, we will be focusing on the Good Shepherd picture. So let's get, get into it. Let's zoom into this Good Shepherd picture and take some time to admire his beauty. Why don't you open up Psalm 23 and the scripture will come up on the screen as well. So let's, let's read along. Psalm 23, I'll be reading the NIV version. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for, the, for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. There is a lot that we can see and understand when we see the picture of the Good Shepherd through Psalm 23. And every angle of the Good Shepherd through this psalm we can see and understand and relate to is His perfection. Let me explain what I mean by this. See, when we read, the Lord is my shepherd, we know that He is our perfect God, who is our perfect keeper. Under His care, our soul is safe. When it says, I have all that I need, there is perfect satisfaction. When it says, He lets me, or some version says, he, he makes me, we can be sure that He is our perfect director. We can know that when we let Him, He will direct us to the right way, the only way. In verse 2, lying down shows us this feature of His perfect rest. Green pastures is, is His ever-plentiful supply, perfect supply. When we read, He leads me, there is His perfect guidance. Quiet waters is His perfect peace. When we read in verse 3 that He refreshes my soul, that there is a feature of perfect restoration. And when we, we can be sure that when God restores, it's only perfection. We can find perfect trust in Jesus, our God, Good Shepherd, because when life takes us through the darkest valley where we don't have a choice but to travel through, we can trust Him to take us through this and get us to the right place. When we read, I will fear no evil, it's all because Jesus is our perfect protection. Because He is with me, in verse, verse 4, sorry, He says, because He is with me, He is my perfect companion. His rod and His staff, His defense, His perfect help, which He brings us in, in, in a time of our need. When we read, You prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, we are met with His perfect provision. The perfect food that sustains our life. We are in the perfect presence. And why would we want to be anywhere else? And in His Presence, there is perfect security from my enemies. And finally, when we read through the final section of Psalm 23, to see more of the perfect features of this beautiful picture of the Good Shepherd, we read, You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. The perfect 
anointing, the promised Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead who brings the perfect joy. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the rest of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We find perfect assurance in him, perfect benevolence, perfect compassion comes from him, perfect light, perfect home. And finally in this psalm alone, the feature uh, found in this in, this, in our wonderful Good Shepherd, the perfect destiny, which is found only in Him. What beauty in His perfection. And like I mentioned, because we are part of this picture, as His sheep, as His, as his flock, we become partakers of the Good Shepherd's perfection. And we can travel under His care with confidence in His perfect leading. If there was a challenge if there was any challenge for us to take to heart from this picture it is that we need to focus on the perfection of Jesus rather than on ourselves when we're looking at this picture we need to focus on the perfection of Jesus and not on ourselves 2 Timothy 3 2 says that people will love themselves the people will start loving themselves so we need to be Focused on the perfection of Jesus and not on ourselves. We can be distracted by ourselves. And I don't need to put out a list there to, to, to tell you, you know, what are some of the things uh, that we are at fault of when we stop focusing on, on our perfect leader, our perfect good shepherd, and start focusing on ourselves. I don't need to put that out there. You know yourselves, and I know myself self as well. We need to make sure that it's all about Jesus. It's all about Him and His perfection. To be drawn towards His ways and don't allow any distraction to focus us away from His perfect leading. There's only one perfect and good shepherd and I want to leave you with a hint. It's not you. The next thing that I want us to See, as we continue to focus on this picture of the Good Shepherd in our hearts and our minds. And this one we can oftentimes uh, miss. We can miss this oftentimes because um, we don't like seeing this. This, um, this thing that uh, the Good Shepherd brings uh, with him. We miss that in the, in the picture. And, and it is this, that the Good Shepherd, he comes to confront and to correct us. The Good Shepherd confronts and corrects us. This is one of his uh, features that we'll find in this picture of the Good Shepherd. And I tell you, I am glad that Jesus confronts us head on. Because if he didn't, then we would still be dying or dead in our sins. The great thing for us is when Jesus confronts us, he comes and meets us with his truth. He comes with his truth and we can come with our views and our and our opinions and our motives but when it meets with the truth of Jesus you know one thing is clear what comes up on out on top is only Jesus's truth only his truth comes out winning there's a great example of this in scripture let me read you Matthew 19 verses 16 to 22 someone came to Jesus with this question Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Why ask me about what is good? Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. 
But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Which ones? the man asked. And Jesus replied, you must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely, honor your father and mother, love your neighbor as yourself. I have obeyed all these commandments, the young man replied, what else must I do? Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. When the motives of this man, and by the way, Jesus knew his motives in verse 21, which was to become perfect, to become perfect in his action in order to please God. So when Jesus tackles him head on, we know what happens. Only the truth comes out. In this case of this man, the truth was that he was lying. He was lying to himself. He was lying to Jesus when he said he kept all the commandments because the first commandment of loving God was replaced by loving his possessions. The truth which is found in Jesus confronts our sins head on. But the great thing about our good shepherd is that he doesn't stop there. He corrects us straight away and gives us the option to take the right path to follow him, to follow him. Going back to John 10, Jesus said that my sheep will hear my voice and follow me. The good shepherd's call is his correction, his love, his mercy and, and grace. It's to walk with him in obedience. Our option is that we only follow him. We only follow him because no matter how hard we Try, we cannot please God with our good works. It's got to be only Jesus and His ways for us to follow Him wholeheartedly and obedience, in, in, in obedience, obediently following our Lord Jesus. If there was any challenge for us today, church, from this, it would be simply this. Have you been checking yourself? Have you been evaluating yourselves, your motives, our, our opinions and our thoughts. And it's not that, that having opinions and, and, and thoughts and motives is, is the wrong thing. No, we are created as intellectual beings. We, we are meant to have them. But we as followers of Jesus, are we checking that against the truth of the Word of God, against the truth which is Jesus? Does that line up with the truth? Does our motives and, and our opinions, do they line up with the truth? Have you been checking that against the Word of God? Because that's the only way to know that we are hearing the shepherd's call, the shepherd's voice. If not, it will be someone else, that someone else's voice and calls that we'll be hearing and moving towards. And that's what we don't want in our life. So we have learned of this picture, this image of the, the perfection of the good Shepherd, that we are to focus on his perfection. We've also learned from this picture, the good shepherd, that, that there are other important features about him, that, that, that talks about him, and it's, it's his, his, uh, his correction. It's, it's how he confronts us to keep us in, in line. So what's the next thing that, our, that we can see from this picture? The next thing that we want to talk about is that the good shepherd is the one who restores us. 
the good shepherd restores us. The scripture that I want us to look at, and, and you can read this in your own time, is John chapter 21. And this is, this is about Peter. Yes, Peter who, who said that he was going to do anything for Jesus, but he ended up denying him. He ended up denying Jesus three times. And right in the end of the, the Gospel of John, we find how our Good Shepherd restores the, the broken, the, the disheartened, broken Peter was restored by our Lord. And, and how Jesus brings encouragement to him. And he puts him in a, in a place which was far better than where he was in his brokenness. Peter here, when we read through John chapter 21, I don't think that he dealt with his hurt, his, his brokenness inside of him properly uh, for denying Jesus. How can I know this? Because when we are hurt and broken inside, we tend to slip back to our old ways. You see, when Jesus found Peter, uh, he, he found him, uh, he called him out from, from his fishing boat and he made him a fisher of men. Now, still, still hurt from his mistake, the only thing that he could slip back into was his old way, his old life, going back to the fishing as we read in John chapter 21. Something that he was familiar with. It doesn't mean that he lost faith, no. It just shows that it's comfortable and easy to get back to our old ways when we are hurt and broken. And we know what happens next. Even here, the good shepherd came to the rescue of the, the broken and the hurt and, and restored him. Three times, Jesus asked Peter, Peter, do you love me? You see, Jesus invites Peter to reaffirm everything he had denied. Peter was restored on his confession. What was his confession? This is what he said. He said, you know everything, Lord. You know everything. You know that I love you. When he said, God, nothing is hidden from you. You are great in your knowledge of me. And you know the truth. When I say I love you, you know it. Before his denial, Peter's enthusiasm was something like this. Lord, come on. Let's go. I can do anything. Lord, I'm ready to even die for you. But instead, the opposite happened. There was denial on, on the time of the Lord's death. Lord, you know that I love you. This, this admission, this humility was something that God was looking for in him. Peter's restoration here is accompanied with encouragement encouragement to move forward in life to keep to keep traveling further with the good shepherd and interesting inter interestingly you know what jesus does with him is the good shepherd giving peter the tips of shepherding and that's what we are called to do you know when we are in the walk with jesus he wants the encouragement that we get is what is needed to be given out and bringing people alongside us and walking in this wonderful faith journey together. So here's, here's the challenge though. 
Here's the challenge. We need to ask ourselves, are we honest about everything with Jesus? Because if you're living a life just for the show, saying something, feeling something, doing something else, hiding our hurt and, and brokenness, I know this, that unless the brokenness and hurt are brought honestly and with humility to the Good Shepherd, it becomes hard going. It becomes hard going. Our walk with Him can become a drag and we don't want that. He wants to encourage you to get encourage you in a way to get us further and deeper in our relationship with himself. Don't let your past hurt and disappointment become a hindrance in our walk with Jesus. It, it starts with our, with our confession of the love for him, our confession for the love of Jesus, just as Peter did. He, he confessed his love and Jesus restored him. It starts with our confession for our love because Jesus comes back with far greater love that we can imagine onto our life and He restores us and puts us in a better place than where we are in, in our hurt, in our, in our disappointment. He restores us and puts us in a better place. And that's where we want to be as we are traveling with our Good Shepherd in this wonderful journey. And finally, there is another great thing in this in this amazing picture of the Good Shepherd. And that is that the Shepherd leaves the 99 in the safety of the fold and, and goes out looking for the one who was lost. And I am so glad that at one point that was me. I was the one lost and I heard my Shepherd's voice. He opened my ears and he opened my eyes to see and hear him and hear his voice and to follow him. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost and that is what he is all about. And as followers of Jesus, we need to be about his business as well. And now, if I can encourage you, don't let lockdown be an excuse for not reaching out to the lost with the message of hope. We all can do our part. We all can play our part in this, in this tough time that we are going through and make it uh, a time of, uh, of hope and of love and of reaching out the lost. We can reach them out in a practical way that we can do that is with our phones. Send a message. Send uh, a message of, of, of the good news. Send a message to your friends. You can start with, the, with your phone contacts from the letter A and all the way up to the Z. There is no stopping you right now to sending out the message of hope and love. Uh, the same way that Jesus reached us, we can do the same and reach out to others. We are in a time where this is so much more needed now right now. Why don't you reach out to someone with this wonderful picture of the Good Shepherd and the message of His salvation? Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you are the good shepherd in our life, that you come with your beauty and your perfection. And I just thank you, good Lord, that um, you come to, to restore us, that uh, you come to, uh, to confront our sin and correct us. And Lord, you are calling out for us to hear your wonderful voice and follow you today, Father. Uh, thank you, God, that you have brought us encouragement by your word. I pray your blessing over everyone listening to this message, God. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your salvation, Father. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.